This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 37. Today on our show, renowned Cincinnati-based artist James Billiter. Going away, then coming back and working for the city just made me really love it. And going through this, the history of our design and a lot of the subtleties of like the iconography or the waveforms or something like that, you still see in my work. And it's because I, it's kind of, in my head, it's an homage to that time. James was in the ad business for years and years before becoming an artist full-time this year. Uh, He did art all along, but then he uh, quit his day job, as they say, and now operates Billiter Studios. And he's done some work for us here at Cincy Shirts. If you've been anywhere uh, around town where you can buy uh, fine art and things like that, you've probably seen his work. He talks about his mom, who was also an artist, uh, and how she inspired him. How he went from being a, I guess, not-so-dedicated student in high school to a passionate artist, and uh, what influences his art today. Be sure to listen for the promo code at the end of the episode. As always, you can use that to save 20% on your next Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Old School Shirts are our sibling site. And uh, with that out of the way, well, let's get, uh, let's get to it. This is uh, Darren and I talking to James Billiter. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati She came down from Cincinnati Just maybe think of me once in a while I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati So yeah, we're here on a rainy Tuesday with uh, local artist and designer James Billiter. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Yeah, I've never actually heard it. Uh, I've seen it in text form everywhere. Yeah. Never actually, I'm not even uh, sure if I can pronounce it correctly. So. Really? Yeah. Well, last, my last name's Overholzer, so yeah. uh, I would yeah. much prefer Billiter. It yeah. off the tongue a lot better. I've never actually met you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been I've been aware of your artwork over the last couple of years, and it seems like over the last uh, six months especially, uh, your face has been popping up more and more different galleries like fine art galleries and also you know bars you know any any, any place that uh that that will that'll have local artists uh you know come in and put their stuff on the wall uh yeah i'm a band about town huh yeah, yeah that's great you know you I mean you gotta hustle mm-hmm. and uh i mean it's the it's the art the art game it's uh not easy as you probably mm-hmm. know so yeah tell us a little bit about you know how you, how you got started where you you know growing up wherever you want to start but yeah, yeah art art school is always a good spot I'm yeah. sure you got some stories. Well, I mean, a lot of my origin story even just comes from being a Cincinnati native. So growing up, and for some reason, I've always been into history here. Having my my folks take me downtown as a as a young person, like six years old, and just being on the bus and then going to these magnificent uh, buildings that were built in either Art Deco periods or in the 1800s just kind of sparked my, my interest and intrigue. And then um, even as a six-year-old, I wanted to build this epic train setup that had basically even had the subway into it you know like because i was always into like oh what's this thing that's never been completed i mean so i had this epic dream for that as like even a six-year-old but uh then going forward my mom was a commercial artist and then so i'd be on the floor growing up with some of those art markers you know the ones that are very toxic and kind of make your head spin a little bit and uh, just making some designs and (laughs) while she's doing her work. And then, um, you know, you go in and out of it, you test who you are as a young person. And I just found when I, because I didn't always know I wanted to be an artist. And then sometimes, sometime halfway through uh, high school, it's, I started doing it here and there and tinkering and be like, oh, this feels really good. And I really enjoy this. And you know, just started looking at what are my options. Yeah. So I looked in University of Cincinnati's DAP program, and it, you know they will tout themselves as one of the best in, na- in the nation. So I drank the Kool Aid, and certainly do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I actually tried to go to DAP, but my ACT scores were not high enough. Yeah, and they did not want to look at my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Huh? Yeah. If, uh, if I want to go to art school, don't you want to like you know? If I want to go." play football somewhere, mm-hmm. you're going to want to see if I can throw a football, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, since when did uh, 
So I don't know. So anyway, mm-hmm. so that's that's what led me to Art Academy Cincinnati. Yeah. Heck yeah. They were like, <laughs> yeah. hey, come on in, boy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they awesome. have a totally intriguing process, and I was mystified as well, even being there. So one way I hacked that was I also did not have high enough scores to get in, and so I found nude photos of a lot of the deans doing really solicited stuff, oh, and then I go. bribed my way in. Nice. <laughs> that's a joke. Here's they're, what I did. They're so, Mapplethorpe models. Yeah. That's You would be surprised how big the whips were. But anyway... Um, <laughs> No, I, I went in as undecided for a year in arts and sciences, and I had, I'm one of those, I don't test well because I'll like choke on any one given day, and I just work hard. So I had really good grades, and then I was able to get in that way with a higher, you know, GPA, and... Hard work got you somewhere? Yeah, yeah I know. Isn't that crazy? Meritocracy. That's unbelievable. So, <laughs> but getting in, and then I was, it was intriguing, it was... Their, I guess their philosophy is just like, maybe they'll break you down, they'll build you up in their image, and that's kind of going to have its successes and failures. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they want you to be like this lump mm-hmm. of clay that they can mold you into, mm-hmm. but... um But no, I, I don't want to dog on that, but it's a, it's mm-hmm. a great, great uh, program for sure. I, and I know one thing is kids that graduate from there get jobs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, it was cool to have... and uh, mm-hmm. that's one thing that uh, Art Academy was kind of like, well... <laughs> Come on in, and then it's like, oh, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which, uh, which, well, and we're both a product of this, is you're told your whole life you're never going to make it as an artist, you know? And it's so frustrating. And it's actually from people with no ideas, no talent, and they'll tell you that you won't make it, and it's so frustrating. Yeah. So um, the path I took also was to actually go in and do graphic design, because... Um, Two things, you know, it's like scary to have an idea as an artist and to have it connect with other people. But then, too, I, I guess I thought that would be uh, in a way to make a living. Yeah, know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was my mindset. So I was also feared. As, as <laughs> yeah. well. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can paint and I can still paint on the weekends if I mm-hmm. wanted to. But, yeah, still something that I like and would enjoy doing during the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, So that, that's kind of the, the, the similar route uh, I took as well. Tell me back that you said watching mm-hmm. your mom do commercial art. Yeah. So that was what? In, was that eighties? Yeah, it's in the eighties. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was a much different process mm-hmm. then. So what? What kind of? Because I that's something that you know we we take for granted. Or you know mm-hmm. it, there, there's uh, like even even Cork Express was uh, being phased out by the time I was mm-hmm. learning design stuff. But but what was it like? Was she like cutting paper? And I guess I would love to learn more about like sixties and seventies, eighties. Retro design, because, era type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at all the time that must have went involved, be involved, or where the heck are they getting mm-hmm. these fonts? There's, yeah. no, there's no font squirrel or defont. Yeah, or uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't know. That, <laughs> or that, re- that really weird Russian websites that you regret later yeah. downloading a font from because it's free. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what they did is that was kind of the era of the photostat, so they could basically uh, quickly make a plate to print with. And it's also kind of similar to the process I use now, but I'll get into that later, is um, basically you would work typically per color per plate, and a lot of the times it was black and white, and uh, you would prepare artwork that would be photographed. You even see the the great Charlie Harper's work kind of prepared in a very similar way as well, where he could work with collage and layering things up, and then it would be photographed and simplified. I used to work in a print shop. That's kind yeah. of the way. This is in like 1990. Uh, yeah, you would take a, like for even for business cards, mm-hmm. you would take a picture of it, and then they would send it. And I can't, I can't remember the process. And then I have to go into the dark room, and it's just still <laughs> with the chemicals and stuff. And that's how you made stuff. And then it yeah. ran through a machine with the head sand in it. It would raise the ink on it, and yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what Charlie Harper stuff would look like if he had mm-hmm. Photoshop. You know, yeah. where, where he wasn't forced to do flat color. Yeah. You know, I mean? and actually, if you see his originals, there's a lot of texture, and it's pretty interesting. I was uh, the Cincinnati Art Museum had a really cool, like I guess was it the the Fifty States or some sort of show like that about five or six years ago. And then sometimes Cincinnati Art Galleries downtown will have some of his originals on display. Hmm. I would always suggest if you could see them, see one. It's oh, cool. for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. It's kind of mystifying. One time, I mean, it was just gouache, so you even see the brush strokes, and then maybe you would cut something else out, and he would merge it into a scene. Maybe it was just he would do water on one piece of paper, and then cut it out, and then put it on, and then 
work over the top. And then the seam to kind of uh, fool the eye and so you don't see where the seam is, he would do like little brush strokes over it. It was really cool. Really? Yeah. It looks really great yeah. on podcasts and radio, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so, so complex to be so simple, <laughs> I guess. So in art but, school, do they teach mm-hmm. you like the way things, not, I mean, to, to demonstrate mm-hmm. the way they do, but they mention the way things used to be done? Because in broadcasting, we had to learn about the history of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I, I know my friends who took business courses had to learn the history of business. Do they go into that or is it more yeah. straight? Okay. Yeah. And uh, in graphic design at DAP, uh Back in the day, in the uh, first and second year, you would work in gouache or uh, placa and kind of get back in, into that a little bit, sometimes ruling pens, but uh, a little bit less of that. And um, and to kind of reloop on where those fonts came from, my mom would use, used to use is uh, she would have uh, kind of rubbed down letters that were just like little vinyl sheets, and you would rub that onto like a, it would be black type on a white background. And then when I went, you know, flash forward, when you go to DAP, you... Um, and also when kind of this lettering craze now is because we got away from it because the computer is so awesome, but uh, we kind of lost touch with creating letter forms from scratch and the hand of the artist and the imagination that can come in when you uh, merge letter forms by hand instead of by the computer just plugging in one letter form at a time. So oh, yeah. a lot of that too, where you'd actually paint. That's why all those 70s logos are so ornate because... Someone was in there kind of tooling the way the E fits around a G and all sorts of stuff. Typography is a whole nother beast. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it uh, it's something I was always kind of intrigued by because, I mean, I, I was always into drawing and, you know, see how realistic you can make a hand. But mm-hmm. if I was supposed to, if I was going to put type around it, I mean, that was something that I was totally unprepared for when I graduated school yeah. and probably took another, I wouldn't doubt, 10 years to actually feel comfortable or, or confident with because... Our teachers are like, well, if you want to see good design, just go out and look at good design. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell's good design? Yeah. You know, I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what makes that good? Because mm-hmm. that looks the same to me as that, as to that. But yeah. then, you know, as you compare things over the years and, you know, are just buried in it, then that's when you start to see, like, the the, the subtleties and mm-hmm. this and that. But, man, yeah, it it seems like, ah, oh, it's just text, just the alphabet over and over again. Sounds so simple, but mm-hmm. um, it's like when we have our design discussions here. I'm not a designer, so I always preface what I say with again. No, reminder: yeah. PF's not a designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just what I th- what a layperson thinks. Yeah, <laughs> like all right, next comment. Yeah, <laughs> which actually, you know, if most of the audiences are lay people, oh, that's why. I th- yeah. That's why I'll sometimes throw my two cents yeah. in and mm-hmm. just say, "Well, this is as a non-design person. This mm-hmm. is what I see." So, mm-hmm. so do you uh, do you get internships mm-hmm. from DAP? Is that how you, yeah. you got in with LPK or uh, actually no? Let's see. I my one of my first ones was an advertising agency in Cincinnati called Man Buffett Gatch, and uh, I don't think they're around in their in that iteration anymore. I know some of the talented people that I learned or I met there are still practicing, like Teresa Newberry. Um, it was just great to get those mentorships too with all those internships. But uh, they had the zoo account, and they were like little kings back in the day. Oh, and nice. They were one of the hottest agencies in the 80s, and I was working there in the early uh, 90s. But that was really cool, too. And actually talking about that photostat thing was sometimes I would send it to print, and there was this EGFA machine in back that would output at different line screens because every newspaper has a different halftone dot that it prints at. It would print out either at 85 or 133 or sometimes 60 halftones. I know this gets a little technical, wow. but... Uh, kind of an advertisement for different for different newspapers <laughs> wow yeah so so if it was running in mm-hmm. a magazine they would print it out at this and, yeah and it was yeah. running in a paper wow mm-hmm. so take that across every job they do yeah. i mean that, i mean just the expense of that because mm-hmm. i mean probably that paper is probably not yeah. cheap it was a very uh clean smooth photo paper but getting to that you could still smell some of the photochemicals on the inside and oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was really cool it yeah. was very clean and contained but uh yeah, it was almost like a printer, but it outputted this really high, high resolution, probably, you know, something at 1200 dots per inch kind of thingy. Uh, yeah, getting into <laughs> too awesome. many nuts and bolts, but yeah. I remember I started working for City Beat. It, mm-hmm. They had just started using computers mm-hmm. and they had just gone away from, they would take, they would paste up the entire paper and take pictures of it and then send that to the printer. Wow. And I remember talking to my editor, John Fox, we're going to try and have in here sometime. Uh, he was saying that the, this is probably late 90s. He's like, you know, the Chicago Reader is still doing pay stuff. I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> and then jumping forward, I got to intern in New York. 
uh, that was really cool. And one of the good things about that was getting away from home was really because when I got out of high school and, you know, I was just kind of rebelling against everything. Uh, you know, you can't tell by looking at me now, but I was into punk rock and just... <laughs> Just the, oh, I can see. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, I forgot uh, to ask about high school. Yeah. The, oh, I guess. No, yeah, they, Cincinnati. Yeah. Right? Dang. We always forget to ask about no. high school. Well, I went to middle school at Walnut Hills, and then I was naughty, and I didn't study at all, and I had like a 1.8 GPA. Whoa. Just kind of cashed out, and then uh, for ninth grade, I went to Purcell Marion, and I buckled down because I probably would have been hit with a paddle. <laughs> there you if go. not by, there weren't many nuns and, and brothers there anymore, but uh, definitely from my parents for, you know... Or by my parents because, you know, I'd be wasting their money. So uh, worked. that's where maybe I started really working hard and it was at a good time. I'm glad I didn't kind of, because if it would have happened a couple of years later, you know, I would, you know, could have potentially dropped out of school or something. So it was a good time to cash out a little bit and learn, <laughs> Yeah. you know, what happens when you burn out, you know. That's true. The mm-hmm. uh, Well, at least I thought you were going to say you went to Talbert House uh, yeah. instead yeah. of for high school. Yeah. Uh, but that's good <laughs> you said you went to Purcell. Yeah. So let's see. So that's uh, so high school. Uh, mm-hmm. So what made you want to go to college? And instead of, I mean, you said you're on you're kind of going down the mm-hmm. a wrong path, or you definitely probably could have taken a left when you you decided yeah. to take a right. I mean, was it just like the the drive to the to create and the you, you knew what you wanted to do? Yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to be in a crew. Well, the interesting thing was, and this is where it's still kind of nerdy and in the history, I was intrigued with either going into archaeology. Or the creative field in some way. And actually, University of Cincinnati, their classics department, they had, uh, I think his name was Brian C. Rose there at the time. He was, I think he was working on Troy. And then later they worked on Medea. Basically, I was like really intrigued with archaeology. I went and I took some. Medea, um, not uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah, not Tyler <laughs> Perry. Yeah. I was like, the movie Troy? Yeah, yeah. In the movie Medea? They're working on that. It was really, <laughs> it was Medea phenomenal. Goes to jail. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so you had a great, inspiring teacher. Oh, yeah. Well, I went in, I, I uh, took some archaeology credits, and uh, and I guess I kind of go back and forth with that, like, the creativity and also the uh, nerdiness or the history of things. So when I was taking that class, just kind of realized maybe, I mean, it's scary, and I'm definitely got a little hoarder in me, and you're digging up all this dirt. And you only get one chance to sift through it. And what if you miss something that's pretty vital or you could jump to a weird conclusion or I don't know. It is really tough. So I'm sure. would I rather be, would I be more fulfilled creating my own creative work or just kind of analyzing the, the work? Sometimes it's not the creative work of past societies yeah. and civilizations. So, uh, I decided to just uh, be my own artist instead. Yeah, make your yeah. own stuff for the future generations mm-hmm. to yeah. dig out of the ground. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of stuff hole. in landfills. <laughs> so I hope they find it. That's awesome. I hope it's good when they find it, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a good day that he designed. Yeah. Right. I mean, it makes you wonder, though, you know, when computers kill us all and uh, the Internet blows up or something mm-hmm. and there's nothing left, what what future generations <laughs> will, uh, will find. Yeah. But... Not to get you guys depressed. <laughs> cases like you know, all the yeah. famously, you know, like Van Gogh and Medigliani mm-hmm. and all the other artists were way more famous after they. Oh yeah, they didn't, didn't you know hand yeah. to mouth while they were alive, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, this is great." Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's funny. Uh, we had a customer ask if you were dead. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my they, god, they're like, is not this, yet. Is this artist still alive? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, does it matter? I, mean, <laughs> I was like, that's kind of. I guess, yeah. So, Only on the outside. Dead, dead on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. So you, you went to New York. Did you intern mm-hmm. there? Did you have an actual gig? Yeah, did, yeah. Okay. I uh, worked for a, a small... It was really cool. So I was advertising in Cincinnati. The cool thing with DAP is they you do... Uh, a, I think you get six quarters at that time. Now it's, it's semesters. Yeah, so I would kind of bounce back and forth based upon how much money I had. So I, I, I was in Cincinnati, saved up some money... And then uh, went to New York and worked for a small shop that did, like, logos and some publication design, which I really still enjoy. Because it's just a little bit more. You get, And that's where, you know, you get to convey that information. Whereas when you're doing an advertisement, it has to have, like, a two-second read. Or actually, 0.2-second read for a headline. You have to get it right away. And then uh, an, an image that stops you. 
And then you can convey more information. And then the nuances and the subtleties of publication, because you can kind of work in long form. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. But also getting away from home just kind of made me realize how special Cincinnati was. And I came back and I worked for the city of Cincinnati. Uh, they had a department of transportation engineering, still do. And they have a, a, a design department in there. And it was the same thing where you get to work on... Some days it's a logo. Sometimes it's a publication that goes out to... Uh, like newsletters back in the day. Well, they're still newsletters, but long form, maybe eight pages or so for like the waterworks. Yeah. But um, and then it was environmental signage as well and wayfinding and and that was a great that one. It was a great design job because you got to affect so much. Another is it really kind of stirred up something in me being political, having you know, getting out and just kind of wanting to serve the greater good. And, and I'm still trying to find ways to do that when possible. Of And it felt good to kind of serve the, the citizens of Cincinnati. And going away, then coming back and working for the city just made me really love it. And going through this, the history of our design and a lot of the, the uh, subtleties of like the iconography or the waveforms or something like that, you still see in my work. And it's because I, it's kind of in my head, it's an homage to that time. And, and working with wonderful people like Marsha Short. Her husband, Paul Short, uh, was, and uh, I think he would build uh, sets at the Playhouse for a long time. And then Laura Martin, who worked there as well, was just incredible incredible, and just great mentors. So you're allowed to have yeah. fun at that job? Or, I mean, were they, oh. were they, were they open to mm-hmm. wild wild designs or did everything? Well, that the department you there. you convincing? No, they were, they were extremely incredible, talented people. That's probably one of the, the well, I, as far as the desk jobs at the city, that's probably one of the ones that's the most creative. Their architects are amazing. Their traffic engineers are amazing. But the architects do all those interesting gateways as you go into the city, like whether it's that chrome fountain as you come in off uh, Columbia Parkway into oh, uh, Fifth Street. That oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He used to work next when I worked at Everybody's News. Yeah. He was in the next studio. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Oh, God. He worked on that thing for ages. That one, that one wasn't mm. Jeff Stone, right? Uh, I can't remember. There's Matthew that worked there. Um, shoot. Gosh, I can't so remember. Did that yeah. come about when they redid uh, Fort uh, Washington Way? Or was that mm, probably the same era? Same yeah, era. But what? they, they put the late 90s. 90s. The P&G one right mm-hmm. by the Columbia Parkway. Then there's the one by the that's now by the casino. That's yeah. what he did. Yeah. Wow, what was his name? I can't I remember. I thought it was Jeff, but it could be wrong. I remember seeing he had a paper mock-up for it on his yeah. desk. Yeah. And for the, for a I know. It's like, how did he get that gig? It's like... Yeah, you was, just come up with this this model and say, "Hey, you got a uh, five hundred grand to help me do this and metal and for the." You know, and I that's the know. thing I, you would uh, you had like, this responsibility that? too. You would get multiple quotes and you'd go with the lowest quote uh, when you're at the city. So that was always cool. So huh. you know, saving pennies when you can. Yeah, if not. Uh, but hunt, even the yeah. low guy, it's like mm-hmm. maybe. Oh yeah, his welding's not as tight as uh, <laughs> the guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's still there, though. Still yeah. there. So it's good welding. Good welding. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Stay it up. So are you <laughs> one of these, awesome. uh, you were, being in advertising, were you mm-hmm. one of those folks that, you know, advertising is art, or did you see them as separate disciplines? Having worked in advertising, mm-hmm. I ran into plenty of people that were like, we're, we're creating art, and it's like, nah, no, you're not. I mean, it's, well, take, it's I don't a know. different talent. It is not that, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, but it's not, I don't think it's art. Uh, oh, yeah. shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> No, no I, way. It's, I, I just it's see an... so many people that have been um, to supplement their careers. They're incredible, talented people. Even Warhol started as a commercial illustrator. It's problem solving. And, well, I... It's not a vagina well, on yeah, a mountain. There, if, well, if, <laughs> if art with a capital A is self-expression at its, like, chief, you know, in its highest state, right? Yeah. And... And obviously, there's a gamut of artists that some want the art, the audience to be part of it or not. So I would, in my, because I work in design typically, or through most of my career. Now I'm more in the arts, but um, yeah, that's. I I always perceive art as almost some sort of self-expression, and then graphic say, design or design. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you look back at something in retrospect. I guess, Do like, this by noon. Stuff, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not art. Stuff from the earliest 20th century. <laughs> yeah, some of the advertisement they really are art when you think mm-hmm. about. It, even though 
it's created ultimately it's created by committee mm-hmm. it's not created by the individual person because you know you've got to go to pitch meetings and you've got to yeah. convince people and a lot of the clients won't name names of some of the mm-hmm. bigger corporations in this town even within the corporation mm-hmm. some would be very open to great design yeah. right and others would be like save time and money printed yeah. yeah and there's the depends on the day there's days yeah, where yeah. an individual idea goes all the way through and i always felt lucky to be part of that yeah. Yeah. That's what I love with our team is like when I'll pitch an idea out there mm-hmm. and then uh, once I see the concepts come back and it's already three or four steps ahead, like, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess there's there's something that's uh, maybe it's my cockiness or whatever, but like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you expect it to come back with, yeah, just, just the whole vision that was in my head. Then you see something better that the designer, you know, put into it and you can mm-hmm. see that they're. Their uh, their thinking took it to the next step. I I love that kind of collaborative mm-hmm. uh, effort, at least like with t-shirts and stuff like that goes. And, and I love seeing when our competitors figured that's good enough. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Mm. First logo, boom. Let's one, go. One color, boom. Print yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> there is a lot going on in Cincinnati. I mean, man, I mean, I think when I when I got out of Art Academy, I guess I assumed that all the design agencies were just just had PNG accounts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, hey. Wherever I work, they did. <laughs> PNG. But yeah, there's a lot of those, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, we're lucky to have PNG here. Yes. But, uh, and they're very supportive of the local uh, advertising community. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also see those people that, you know, that, that's what they depended on. And then they lose that account. And then they're no more. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, with the, the company doing the crazy, the, the, the light shows. Um, oh, Is they're it on, they're on Berlin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's all sort of creative the stuff that the the Vikings guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the uh, luminosity and blink, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it is a crazy time to be, or even like with with Danger Wheel. Danger mm-hmm. Wheel really was isn't. You can't tell me that that's not art, or there's mm-hmm. not some sort of uh, creative force behind that that mm-hmm. gets a whole uh, throng of people. You know, to watch these guys go down uh, yeah. whatever street it was, uh, you know, riding big wheels. But anyway, um, so yeah, so tell us about okay. So you're so you, you're you're kind of learning your chops in New York, getting some experience. How do you get on with LPK, the mm-hmm. one of the largest design firms in the world? Is it? Uh, I mean, you guys are oh, worldwide, sure. right? Don't yeah. you have? Yeah, there's there's quite a few offices. I guess it goes back to some of those connections I made while I was co-oping. Actually, from my first co-op. Or this even gets back to neighbors. Uh, <laughs> nice. Or th- this is really weird too because so you, you know, never know. As if you're outgoing, and I, I wonder if that's some of what helps me personally is just being outgoing and making, you know, talking to a lot of people, getting to know them. When I was a cashier at a thriftway, I was making a lot of design connections because I would see people coming through, and I could tell by what they're wearing. <laughs> Or I mean, sometimes it was even just a zip drive, I Omega zip drive T-shirt, and I don't, I don't know if it's a promotional thing they got. Yeah. But uh, I'd be like, oh, hey, I and then it was like the, zip drive shirt, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do one. We can <laughs> yeah, sort of. We got a computer here. <laughs> um, and the guy who worked at uh, Cincinnati Playing Card or U.S. Playing Card. It was just so cool. And then uh, you know, my neighbor Dave Mills. I think. What? Oh, I'm gonna blank on the name of his. I think is it Design Mill. I can't remember the name of his. Uh, agency right now he's he's been independent or solo since the early 2000s um if not the 90s and he was my neighbor so i made a connection with him and then someone he went through school with is actually michael mccuskey who was at man buffick when i worked there and then he was at landor when i graduated uh in 2001 and dave uh david like was hey hit up michael and i started freelancing at landor and that was really cool. So I started getting exposed. I mean, I went through school and I I bounced back and forth. It was like advertising and then it was kind of that publication and some design, logo design. And then it was kind of a bit of everything environmental with publication and logo design. And then I actually worked for in Boston at a uh, kind of an exhibit and uh, kind of right up my alley where you would design for museums um, it was called a maze design and oh, wow. the A and the M and the Z in there is for aquariums, museums, and zoos. So I was working on all these exhibits, which is also, I mean, if you see a lot of my work, I love to kind of one hit you from far away with a striking image. And then 
once you're in and you live with this this visual on your wall for a year, you pick up all these small facts, uh, whether it was the year something was built or who was the architect or maybe what's what its purpose was or if it had, you know, if it's Union Terminal, how many passengers went through in a day. I love that part of it. So that kind of came out of that amaze design in Boston. And then coming back, jumping ahead is graduating in 2001, uh, started working at Landor, and that was probably uh, the first time I worked for uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, you know, with them as also like Wrigley, uh, was really cool as part of some of those um, redesign teams back in the day. And then my, you know, my freelance work was kind of up and down, you know, I would, you know, one week I'd be busy, like, 60-hour work week, and then it would be crickets for a month. Yeah. Uh, just kind of working with a bunch of different people or even my own clients. So I even would work, you know, down the street he- from here, from the Hyde Park store. I was over at Awakenings Coffee Shop slinging espresso for a while. Right um, yeah, you it's right there. Um, no shame in that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you, but you freelance right off the gate? Um, yeah, just kind of, well, some of that was, I graduated, it was during that dot-com bust, and... That way, it's like non-committal, and people can get to know me. Yeah. So, um, well, what's the difference between freelancing and being unemployed? Because <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I use that I term some for money. a while. I was like, yeah, I'm freelancing, yeah. but I'm going down the boathouse and slinging ribs yeah. for uh, forty hours mm-hmm. a week. But yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. that's what I love. It's 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 uh it's the attitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not unemployed. Yeah. I'm freelancing. Yeah, there you go. Because you know, anyone could call you up, and you can make the uh, you know execute exactly what they yeah. want. So then I, you know, being up and down with workflow, I was like, well, let's put, evidently my basket needs some more eggs in it. So I dropped off a packet. Actually, that's another weird thing where you just make a connection. And actually this guy who owned Cafe de Paris down on on Garfield Place, his name was Khaled back then. And then I think it's owned by Rada now. Hey, Rada. But um, basically he would come in Awakenings for an evening espresso and we'd talk all the time. He was like, hey, give me your give me your portfolio and I'll take it to Howard McElvain, who's uh, a silent partner at LPK. And yeah, that's how I got an interview. <laughs> Suddenly, you know, wow. my, my flip cell phone rings one day and then uh, uh, I have an interview there and interview a couple times and... I I, th- I guess my first day was like April 2nd of 2002 and April 1st was uh one to one of the last games in uh Old Riverfront Stadium or Synergy Field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh where they even had the section r- ripped out. Yeah. Uh so man was it the it was either against the Cubs or the the Cardinals. I think it was the Cubs, but I just remember as a team that we should hate yeah. as a Reds fan. Uh, <laughs> and it was cool, too, because once, you know, seventh inning or something, the wave starts going around. Even the construction workers building the Great American Ballpark would be part of the wave yeah. as it went around. Oh, cool. But anyway, I worked at LPK for 16 years until recently, and now I'm a full-time artist. But to your point, oh, yeah, awesome. they're international. They're I'm not sure what number they have worldwide, and... I even gratefully got to work internationally while I was there. I got to work with, they had a Frankfurt office at one point and I got to work for about on two different occasions, once for a month and once for two weeks in Frankfurt, Germany. Wow. Worked for a week in London and then I uh, even got to go to the Geneva office to present to the you know the P&G in Geneva. So that was just really rewarding and working on um kind of consumer brands worldwide. Sometimes it'd be Asian work, Latin America, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be nerve-wracking, right? Or are you that confident in, no, it's in your, your stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, no, I mean... I just can't yeah. imagine. You still, you know... And even like, at the end of the day, sometimes it's tough. I mean, you have to be arrogant and, and uh, believe in your own believe in your own idea. But then other days, you know, you, you have to be humble enough, whether it's working with your coworkers or even with your clients. Uh, when are you not 100% correct? Yeah. And there's a whole gamut of that. So sometimes you're, you know, other people are not correct and you are, but, you know, what can you do? We're all not perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think any art school, too, uh, helps you build that thick skin mm-hmm. from, you know, putting your, your drawings on the wall next to, you know, someone mm-hmm. else's. And then basically, you know, you're told just to rip rip your buddy's drawing apart or, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or critique as the... Uh, the term goes, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that that is uh, a strong 
character and a, and a good designer, too, yeah. is the ability to take criticism and not want to go home and commit suicide just <laughs> yeah. because someone didn't like, uh, you know, you're using uh, Myriad Pro yeah. in, your, uh, <laughs> yeah. in your layout. So, yeah, but I can't imagine being in Germany for PNG oh, yeah. and putting your – like, how – and that's where I. Or is this, it's probably not as direct. I think I'm part a of pretty. A team? Are they like here's James oh, yeah. with James's design? It was a mixture. Um, there it was really interesting where I was pretty much. It was a smaller office, and the the overall creative director was kind of he was pretty busy with one of the bigger clients, and it was really great because sometimes you would get you know at other offices or on other teams you were you would be micromanaged by some creative directors. And so that was fun where I got to, and that, to your point, actually, instead of scaring me, it, it helped boost my confidence because I could, it was one of the first times I got to just go. Yeah. Without um, somebody breathing down yeah. your neck. And- but that was interesting too, because it was 2006 and even on the side, I always took great pleasure in doing a lot of things on my own and having my own uh, creative work outside. Um, uh, for instance, probably in 2003 to 2006, I worked with Dan McCabe a lot. Uh, Dan McCabe from the Woodward and Motor. We worked on uh, Light Bright Indie Pop and Film Test back in the day, and I was almost like a one-man advertising agency for them, and that was just really fun. We built that that uh, kind of festival up together. That was where it was a mixture of a of bands. It, uh, so it was a music and film festival down at the old Southgate House. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because he used to book all those uh, mm-hmm. all those acts at the. Yeah. Like Dan was, and he was in a band called Roundhead. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, and Campfire Crush. Wow. But I think yeah. I have all the Roundhead albums, and then yeah, I got to design the Campfire Crush album cover. And he yeah. worked at uh, City Beat too. For yes, he was the yeah. promotions guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm you're to say hello to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually going to meet with him on Friday because uh, last year we we were able to raise enough money. Uh, there was like an online contest and. We, uh, I think it was National Geographic, and I can't remember who else, uh, helped kind of restore different uh, historical places in the United States, and the top ten would get funded, and so we're going to restore the original marquee, or what the original marquee looked like on the Woodward. So that will be coming this autumn, and I'm meeting with Dan on oh, Friday yeah. to, to do a poster to commemorate that. Oh, they're, they're, the construction already started, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. That's awesome. What probably cool fabricating the new is. marquee off-site. I'll know more later. Nice. So how would you juggle a full-time gig at, you know, one of the biggest design firms ever and then also not lose your own personal passions to do the the cool Cincinnati art and the, you know, you're not turning down things Mm -hmm. that come your way. It looks like you're, you you know, like I said, you have this energy to to constantly create. Yeah. Um, It might have started when I was younger. I had this crazy notion of, like, you could live more life if you sleep less. Now I would, and now consult your doctor before you do anything. I am not a medical professional, and as far as I know, it will uh, recede. Uh, you'll lose your memory. Uh, your I'm actually shortening my life, uh, so that was uh, that was a rough thing. So I I pretty much would uh, kind of learn my limits and burn the candle at the both ends for since I was in design school. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I've always had that drive to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I'm not sure. On on good days, I'm a genius, and I'm <laughs> bad day, It's almost like that fourth and one decision. If you make it in the end zone, you're you're brilliant, and if you don't, you're a freaking loser, and you're going to be on all the radio call-in shows. So I did it to myself. Yeah. On days I pulled it off, I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> but I mean, like, but any inspired artist, I think, once they start to create something, they will be... You know, they'll just, they'll just go at it full go until mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. Uh, at least, I mean, that's the way I, I kind of was. If I if I had a project I was excited about, when I started, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to spend like a month on this. And then like two days later, it's mm-hmm. done. And yeah, no sleep. And yeah, uh, you know, you're a coffee junkie and, and yeah. whatnot. But that's so I've been excited. Cool. I assumed when I went to become became a full-time artist, uh, or I'm now at Bill Litter Studio full-time, that it would be easier, but I'm still doing it. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm still like I had a really long week last week, but what are you going to do? Like, because I really still want to make sure, like, I hate when I let myself down sometimes. So I was, I was still just cranking away on work. So people know that you're available for uh, projects or is this yeah. stuff, uh, is this kind of stuff that you 
put into motion yourself and convince mm-hmm. others to work with you and it's a mixture yeah. of everything. Or people uh, come sometimes, to you and say, hey. Sometimes just getting your work out there. One of the cool things, too, of um, when you're a designer in an agency, sometimes you're emulating other trends or doing something like that. And one of the greatest kind of pleasures I've had is, like, developing artwork I believe in that is my own personal output and then having other people also like it. And then I can emulate that or create that for them as well. So that's been just wonderful so sometimes it's that sometimes people will see an image i make and then they're like this would fit perfectly for me to your point too instead of going to graduate school i started taking community ed classes uh starting the around 2010 to 2012 and maybe 13 um printmaking classes from the art academy of cincinnati and and that's how i kind of perfected my craft and learned more about it and then i could create an illustration on my own. I could do in my posters, the headline typography is all typography that I develop based upon. I might see something from an old historical poster or just kind of capturing the same mood. And it's even my own expression, pretending I'm a advertising man or a designer in that era. Yeah. Tell me about the Grainwell thing. Cause that's what I've been. Uh, I mean, we, we've saw, saw your, your prints. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we got to know about you is through Aaron Kent and mm-hmm. uh, DIY printing. Yeah. And I, um, if it weren't for Aaron as well, I would not be where I'm at today, too. I did get one connection. I, I had an art show at the old Park and Vine on Main Street. Yeah. And I needed some printing to be done. And I knew of Aaron because we we're both cyclists. Uh, but we never got to connect in person. And so I finally started getting to work with him just as he started DIY. And he helped me with those prints for that show. And then, like, I was like, hey, I also teach at the Art Academy. So that's when I first started taking uh, then screen printing at the Art Academy. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have as much of an outlet for my self-expression. He yeah. just kind of really stoked and fueled my fire. And he's just this wonderful, compassionate person that has yeah. kept me going. So I tried to do as much as for Aaron as possible. Because there I mean, would be no Billiter Studio without DIY printing and Aaron Kent. For sure. And his, his attention to detail. I mean, we work mm-hmm. with several uh, screen printers around town. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody does a good job. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Aaron's the guy that if we give him something and, you know, they're going to be like, hey, I understand we're putting you in a bind. We need these shirts tomorrow. If you got to hit it once, hit it once. We'll be fine. Nah, man, we need that underbase. Yeah. We need this. It has to be done. He's like, we'll do it. You know, it was all always, yeah. uh, man, we had to just talk. It, it took forever to get him to get an automatic press because mm-hmm. he was just so into hand-pulled, brother, hand-pulled. <laughs> that's yeah. what we're doing. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And that's that's one of the things that, uh, you know, like if we have something that's super, uh, I don't know, or, you know, just, just not the, the the ordinary screen print, you know, yeah. maybe it's a little, just a step more complex. Our, our stuff's not crazy complicated, but. But anyway, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's our go-to. Well, he's our go-to screen printer in general yeah, right now. He's amazing. But, but yeah, especially and he's for all those. about quality. And but he's also about kindness, and I really love that too. Yeah. Well, and, it, and he was showing me because uh, I, I was over the last couple of months. He's showing me because some of the things you have in the pipe mm-hmm. uh, and those those Roebling prints that mm-hmm. you were doing. I was yeah. like, man, like he showed me a whole drawer full of them. It was just wow, these are awesome. He's like, yeah, these are the misprints. Yeah, it's like what you, yeah. like like the the ink wasn't wasn't quite and that's dark where he really inspired me because he's always there's been times I've will say it's good enough just to get it out and I'm trying to as now that I can have focus to slow down and like make sure because that was you know I was willing to pay him for that whole print run I just didn't want it out in the world you know I was just yeah. like I was not a hundred percent happy. And every time you pull that out of, you know, you would sell it to someone, I would just feel a little bit bad. And I just did not want that. I wanted the best to go out. Yeah. And, and, and he instilled that in me because he's so much about quality. For sure. And that and anyone you sold it to, they wouldn't notice. Maybe. You know yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the yeah. the issue was, but I was like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. These aren't, <laughs> yeah. these aren't going to make it out. It's like, you got to be kidding me. But uh, I felt personally, I felt that the landmark... It's where I was talking before about having that image that stops you at whether it, maybe it's 20 or 30 feet. 
I did not see the landmark as well there, and I saw the typography first, and I wanted them to. I wanted to be definitely landmark first, and then type, then the the headline typography. Then as you get closer, you kind of live with all those little details. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, before right, we kind of jumped into it, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, James does these these crazy ornate illustrations of Cincinnati mm-hmm. landmarks, uh, and we're currently selling one that celebrates uh, Art Deco with has like Union Terminal and uh, some crew tower elements mm-hmm. on there. Then there's a amazing Roebling Bridge as well as uh, what Music Hall uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. one just for the crew tower. Yeah, the, these these things are crazy. Check out check yeah. out our website. We're selling the prints. Uh, uh, they're also available in our stores um, as well as through James. You can mm-hmm. probably find them. Uh, Wherever, but yeah, billardstudio.com. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. yeah, and we'll post them on our blog too. Make sure you you check those out. But I'm not trying to wrap up. I'm just yeah. trying to give people uh, an oh, idea. Oh yeah, we of, forgot to do the intro of what of what <laughs> we're talking about here because because yeah, these uh, all these prints of like mm-hmm. you know definitely inspired by Cincinnati history and uh, you know celebrates all that stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're phenomenal. So tell us about the the process. With that, like once you get yeah. a concept, you know what? I'm going to do a crew tower print. Yeah. So. I guess the whole series is inspired by, one is the history and, and emulating it, but it was, it, there's this old architectural movement called the City Beautiful Movement, and it's typically neoclassical, but I just love that that term, so I call it the, or the City Beautiful series, and it's my... In my head, my concept is, what if I, and I mentioned it a second ago, what if I was an advertising guy making a an, a, an ad or a poster for a brand new landmark? And so if it's Crew Tower, it's 1930. And if it's Roebling Bridge, it's 1867. And my style is also being nerdy in high school may, or maybe middle school. I got this architectural renderings book and also I was really into uh, aviation back then too. So if you got some of those old uh, plane identification books. It showed an elevation, a plan, and then typically a, a frontal or a bird's eye, all sorts of things. So capturing that straight-on shot of these landmarks, and uh, and then I like to pair it with typography of, of the same era. So if it's Art Deco and 1930 and it's Crew Tower, then it has Art Deco typography. Or I did very strong kind of industrial 1800 style typography for Roebling Bridge. But then if it's Music Hall, it feels more ornate and it definitely has a bit of flourish to it. Yeah. So are those all hand-drawn fonts? Like, what's your what's your I process? start by hand. Um, I'll flip through and it could be local, but it also could be national and international posters of different eras and, and type styles. And I will kind of draw out a sketch of that of that building and other elements. And then this new series, we've been just... I've been pouring oodles of details into it. So I've been going back to what would a person in another era have in their, in, in their design? Like right now, it could just be a headline and an image. And maybe it's a photograph if I did something for modern times. But um, there's the idea of the, the border might be something that you bring in maybe there's a pattern in the background or and now i'm starting to even bring in portraiture so on roebling as well as uh, music hall music hall has a portrait of samuel hannaford in the corner and i would like to do a hannaford series because he he contributed so much to local architecture uh and then on roebling there's a small portrait of john roebling since i mean this is one of the only landmarks lo- well no i mean crew tower is named after someone but yeah. uh yeah, definitely. Since he's the namesake, get his his name on there, uh, or his face on there. Um, and then I create these borders, like in the case of the Roebling Bridge. Roebling developed this wire twine technique that, and to create those wire ropes. And then <laughs> I don't know if I mean that might have been his first invention. And then he started coming up with engineering ways because the dude was a. If you think I have energy, that guy had way more energy. So <laughs> that he was amazing. So he. He then started building structures to help, you know, suspend, you know, if you're going to have a suspension bridge. So you can bridge. more wire? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, so you'll see that in the border or some of it, it has almost like this wire rope-like quality about it. Or in Music Hall, like in the background, um, 
I know people like Hudipole were huge founders and they wanted to make sure that the May Festival thrived in Cincinnati. And that was one of the first reasons to have a music hall. Uh, Not only was it just for expositions, was also to have a place for opera and, and the May Festival, as I just mentioned. And so I have a bronze chorus behind in the artwork. You'll see it just very subtly. It's huh. like gold printed under the brown, just to kind of almost have a gloss-like. I'm gonna know, check takeaway. that out. Yeah, I've yeah. looked at it uh, many yeah, times. I, I'm not sure I've, mm-hmm. I've noticed that. I just want so talking about the history of of art and design and and my just with me personally is you know definitely I came at this as wanting to be a painter, uh, and that was probably one of my first loves. And going into design school, that's. For a graphic designer, the poster is kind of very similar. It's this thing on a wall. It's 2D. And that is their masterpiece for typical master or uh, graphic designers is to have this thing on a wall. Uh, if you look through design history, you know, that's typically what you'll see is whether it's like the uh, Man with the Golden Arm poster or Vertigo poster by Saul Bass. But, um, yeah. you know, things like that. And so uh, I wanted to approach it that way of making this series of work that just feels like fine. I've been starting to talk, you know, going back to art history and design history as well as like maybe talking to my, about myself as an applied artist where it's an, it's an artist who has, I'm going to use creativity all the way through the process of developing the piece. And maybe it's applied for whether it's a chair or a plate or something for a restaurant, even to the logo or the way the logo is, is emul- or uh, created a signage on the outside. Huh. Just trying to bring that methodology all the way through. So you get this stuff. Uh, all right. So you, so you have your print on the wall, and then you don't you don't stop there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're like, yeah. hey, this is a cool design. Mm-hmm. Let's push it further. Mm-hmm. And so now you're taking those layers. You uh, teamed up with the girls at Grainwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do awesome laser etched yeah. wood, basically, yeah. right? I mean, it's something I'd kind of like to learn more about uh that process but i was like that's something i mean are those kind of laser laser engraved shadow boxes i guess is that a thing or is that something that you were like i think if i did this and yeah behind that and then it's 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 always those baby steps and that's what it's tough for younger people or other people to look at someone's career because you see what the current iteration of it is and it can be intimidating but it's always baby steps so talking about the art academy i was taking one of those uh with chase flannery this uh i think it was like relief printing um class and i popped over i was running out of time because you know we were talking about the balancing having the the epic uh full-time day job at the design agency and then having you know the this thing that you're doing on the outside and so I developed an image and I popped over the makerspace at the Cincinnati Public Library, the one that's downtown, and I laser engraved a relief printing plate. And then that begets another thing. So then I was like, um, what if these are small individual landmark structures that are free floating and it's like low hanging fruit? What if they're, what would someone want? You know, that's part of the design process is thinking about your audience. So what the heck would somebody like? Yeah. And so the low hanging fruit was just like, what if these little tiny Christmas ornaments? And so I had these in my hand and I start playing around with them. I'm like, holy, yeah, this is a a full cityscape. So then, you know, at one point, you know, I, I sell out of a lot of my landmarks and I'm like, what can I do differently? So... What if I combine all the landmarks that I've done into one cityscape and we just create this really epic skyline? And it was just an idea. And we all have like 1,000 ideas. And I always tell young artists to like keep a sketchbook and always jot them down because, you know, it might not happen this week or next week. Maybe I'll pull it out in four years. And so I, you know, going back and forth, and that's where I've always been so privileged and. I've had a lot of support from everybody. So LPK, talking about them, they're like, hey, we want to do this thing. We had an idea for someone's, you know, someone, you know, decorate someone's office. Someone uh, just became a principal. And let's go ahead and like, and he's a modest guy. He doesn't want to do a lot of stuff. And we also got a laser engraver now at LPK. So it's like, hey, what can you do? And it's like, I have an idea. 
So I created a six foot wide by three foot tall cityscape, but that was a tough one because so that's one piece of board. No, it was basically, and that's the so thing that, too is they, so they only had a twelve layer. by eighteen inch like laser engraver or laser cutter. Oh, and so what I've always tried to do too is whenever I know I have an idea that will that can can make some money uh, that can I I like to support other artists and bring them in. Um, so if I have a commission and someone else is an expert in their field, I kind of, it's that fine line of being an artist and then a, a like a art director. And then, so it's like, well, this is my idea, but I can definitely help have my friend help me, you know, cr- bring it to life. So in this case, why not work with Grainwell? And I've also worked with, uh, Luca Laser Workshop on Main Street. We've done a lot of commissions together and... And each one of them has separate abilities. So, you know, Grainwell definitely I love their reclaimed barnwood, and you know they have a, they have several machines now, and they have a big team, so they can help if I have a a huge uh, commission come through. Like last year, I worked on maybe as an eight by four feet. It was a little simpler. It was a it was a really beautiful stained wood, what you call low relief or bas relief uh, mural for the wall, um, it, using laser cut with with Grainwell, and then. Uh, I have a piece in Gallery 708 right now, Luca Laser Workshop. Just their, the way they cut through paper is just gorgeous, the way Lindsay works. And so at Gallery 708, I have this epic crew tower out of gold paper that I had framed with Frame Shop, um, just in floating in glass. And so that's wow. where I, like, I wouldn't be able to frame that. So I got Jake and his team to help me. And, you know, if I tried to to do that on my own at the makerspace, I would burn, I would set the place on fire trying to cut through paper. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you got you know, the vision. Yeah. yeah. You just need the people. Yeah. To, yeah uh, their experience. Fill in yeah. The space. And then Grainwell, we've been working a lot uh, together lately, probably just cause Lindsay's been so busy at Luca and yeah, we've been doing a lot of commissions together. So we just, this winter we did another one that was about eight feet by 30 inches and then a cityscape. And then just recently we did one that was about, uh, 57 inches by 30. Wow. So, yeah. So you just do those. Well, I mean, are they ordered? You're just doing them yeah. as they, I mean, you can't mass been, produce those, right? Well, because they're, man, they're just, you got Christmas coming up. You yeah. better get started on this now. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we need to figure out ways to do smaller editions that are completely within the budget of, of someone to give as a gift. Or have in their own home. So yeah. I want to hit it within in like a hundred to three hundred dollar price range and have it really worth it. And those larger ones are three to five thousand dollars. It's amazing. So wow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all you gotta do is make one and get some sweet pictures of it. Oh and yeah. And that's what put what, it online, print good it on work, demand. Good work brings begets good more good work, you know. So that's been exciting. So exciting. And the uh, the last thing I wanna hit on is the uh, Cincinnati Parks, you just did some sweet uh, bike racks. Oh, actually, that was uh, Great Parks of Hamilton County. Okay. And uh, uh, But also, while I was at OPK, one of my final projects was working with Cincinnati Parks. Um, oh, wow. So but, it kind of went full circle. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. I'm, and that's where I mentioned before is just having this desire to do good for the community. So I think originally in 2016, started working with Artworks and, or even before that, but... Uh, Great Parks and the Great Parks Foundation came to uh, Artworks and they wanted to do a, just a series of bike racks. And the idea was just be part of our brand uh, or it should feel like us in some way and be expandable. That was about it. So it's not just one location. So I went and I I love going to a lot of the Great Parks and I typically hike a lot at, at Arm Leader or that new connector from uh, on the Little Miami bike or Little Miami Trail. But um also, just Wenton Woods and, and uh, Miami Whitewater Forest and Sharon Woods. So, I've been familiar with all those. I'm really... So, the people are interested to know this, this about me. And also, maybe if you don't... You know, if you just look at my city work, you don't know that about me. But I'm really into the outdoors and trying to do as much with local conservancies as possible. Like, in 2014, I helped rebrand Little Miami Conservancy that helps protect the Little Miami River. Anyway, wow. So artworks came, and <laughs> just not about fonts. And yeah, yeah. Vectors. Yeah, I like whatever. a little bit of everything. So <laughs> we'll yeah. post a picture of those. Oh uh, yeah, cool. how those bike racks t- uh, came out. 
But yeah. but again, that was a you had an idea. Yeah. And then it was just visiting and then sudden, seeing like all these parks are different. So one's got more like a lake and the other ones are more of a forest and what if it's just a series of animals? So Yeah. So I have, said the yeah. designs and then someone else said, Okay, we can definitely make that happen or yeah. Cause like I think you posted on Facebook or Instagram uh, of like this machine oh, yeah. cutting huge hunks of steel. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're gonna be powder coated and all this stuff. I'm just like, yeah. So where do you where do you find yeah. people that can do that? I mean, and I guess some of it is some Google connections, search, but, but this was a fortunate connection through artworks. So the style of these is I had to simplify. If you look at my posters that we're doing together, they're very ornate. And then one of my other styles is inspired my mid-century kind of uh, illustration. Someone in town definitely inspired me, Charlie Harper. And just simplifying things down to their, like, just, uh, like I just mentioned, simple geometric shapes. So that lent itself really well to being cut out of steel. And so working together with artworks, at first I was going to use my friends at Oberall Industries as a connection, but they were worried because they're more, they do things by hand that they couldn't get through like a, a, I can't remember what the gauge is, but almost a one inch piece of steel by hand. And so um, Artworks had a great connection with Cincinnati Metal Fabricators and Paul and Nate and his team uh, basically helped me bring these things to life. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get a picture of those on our blog for sure. Yeah. Yep. But again, it's just like just the range is mm-hmm. uh, is awesome, you know. So I don't know. Real quick, every uh, every episode we allow our guest to come up with a promo code that is oh. worth twenty uh, percent off of yeah. their entire order at CincyShirts.com or in our stores. And this stuff can be used towards the purchase of a James Billiter mm-hmm. limited edition Cincinnati historical landmark screen print hand pulled by DIY. So anyway, yeah. So if you guys want to save 20% off, you can give us that word. Yeah. Let's make it simple and okay. just let's have it around Billiter Studio. Let's just call it BS 2018. BS 2018. <laughs> All right. B as in Billiter. And S, S is in studio. S there you go. Studio. And also think about how you would make an acronym of your business before you name it. <laughs> Lesson learned. There you go. BS2018 at <laughs> Gmail. That's All this was honest, honest, folks. I wasn't lying. <laughs> it wasn't BS. I love it. We're right on. Well, yeah, hopefully we can uh, yeah, keep selling the prints. Maybe uh, push that to the next level. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any t-shirts. Uh, yeah. Is that is that below you? I mean, you're, no, you're, you're no. doing... And you're you've seen it stuff. We're just the, on we're just our the social, guys. on our comments, we get, um, no, I've done them in the past. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm open to it. So we should work together. Definitely. Whenever we post, we both get comments that like, I just want a shirt. I'm so sick. I already have your stuff all over my walls, oh. but I'll wear it on me. So please make a shirt yeah. so we can, we can do that going, going For forward. Sure. Let's make that happen. <laughs> But uh, anything else from you, PF? No. I would, mm-hmm. Real quick question. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, who is your favorite artist? Oh, man. That changes, that changes all the time. That's tough. Because sometimes it changes with the season. And, like, the way that the light... This is really weird, but, like... Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes in autumn or something like that, it might be like a Van Gogh in the way that it okay. ca- captured, like... Or, or Rembrandt or even um, Millet. Uh, just the way they capture the wheat fields. I mean, that's me just yeah. riding bikes out in the in the country. And then, man, let me... S- also, on the pop art spectrum, wh- or what I call that, it's just like, man, the energy that Keith Haring had is just inspiring to me. So sometimes when I do my geometric work and I just kind of load oodles of... All my work has just way too much detail in it. and Because I love it. I just want there to be moments of discovery and delight and Keith Haring is definitely that like spirit animal. Him and Charlie Harper inspire that like ge- ge- like geometric style I have, and then just all the greats and from the 1930s to the 1800s inspire the that heritage Cincy beautiful series. Cool. All right. Great. No no Cleveland questions. No Cleveland questions yeah. this time. Sorry. Ah. One of these days that I'm going to get up there. I'm I'm anticipating just you know. Now that I'm a full-time artist, that the I, I joke that more people in the world care about the Eiffel Tower than the Crew Tower, so I'll be expanding my repertoire, and I want to oh, okay. travel. 
I I really love going to places like City Flea and Crafty Supermarket to sell my work and getting to know people and getting to hear their emotional connections to these places. Uh, whether it's their you know, great parent, grand, great grandparents helped build them, etc. And so I'm I'm hoping to travel regionally as well in the future. So Cleveland Flea is really cool. Uh, get down to Nashville, yeah. Chicago, yeah. do some renegades or something yeah, like that. Yeah, every city has landmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to stress you out, but you yeah, got yeah. a lot of work to do. I know. Do. I'm, <laughs> I, that's why I haven't been sleeping. We also have an yeah. Eiffel Tower uh, right up the road. Yeah, do. Yeah. Indeed. Bright, bright blue one. <laughs> yep. But anyway, well, James, thanks so much. Thank you very uh, much for having me. Yeah, I love uh, I love, love ranting about things we're passionate about and uh, Cincinnati and art and all that stuff. And I think some young designers probably learned something today. I hope so. So, yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys. When I go out with artists, they talk about language and the cubists and the daddies, and I try to catch their meanings. Up with all of the martinis I don't know which should be my favorite paintings Artist James Billiter You can check out his work on his website BilleterStudio.com And we have some of his stuff on our site as well The easiest way to see that is to go to our website CincyShirts.com and type in Billiter with two L's in the search bar And all the stuff will come up The prints we have and some of the shirts uh, we've done based on his designs And as always, if you haven't, go back and cherry pick the rest of the Cincy Shirts podcast archives Frank Marzullo, Duke Sinatra from The Gary Burbank Show Mo Egger, Cash Wright, Mike Mathis, Johnny Bench They've all been on the show Uh, Really all the episodes are great, of course Haunted Cincinnati is doing very well, as is Haunted Cincinnati 2, uh, the sequel to that. Uh, we decided to have Dan Smith back because of the time of year, and uh, another great chat with him. Abandoned Cincinnati, another popular episode. So be sure to tell your friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area. Uh, you know, we have listeners in Sweden now, the UK, Albania, India. It's crazy. And again, thank you so much for listening and making the podcast such a huge success. Uh, we couldn't be more pleased. Today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. Find vintage tees from great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at oldschoolshirts.com. We have a lot of uh, beer stuff. We've got old sports teams, uh, defunct shopping centers, old stores, restaurants there. So if you know people that live in those towns, uh, just check out the site. We've got about, I think, 20 cities in there now. Uh, Check that out with Christmas coming up. You can use the promo code uh, that James mentioned at the end of the interview, too, on the Old School Shirt site as well. And in case you missed it, the promo code for the episode is BS2018, all one word. So uh, use that to take 20% off your entire order at CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com. You can also use the code in our physical brick-and-mortar stores for Cincy Shirts in Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and, of course, Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye